So let me take you um, to a place maybe you never expected we'd start at. Let me take you to the middle of the wave pool, Kentucky Kingdom. Um, and I'm much younger, I'm in third or fourth grade, and, and for some reason on this particular day, I have, I've gone all the way out past what is wise or safe for a third or fourth grader to go to in a wave pool, and I'm, I'm in the deep water, 10 to 12 feet deep. And I'm there, I'm waiting, and it's not crazy yet. And if you're not familiar with wave pools, um, they're, they're mechanical pools that make mechanical waves come out. Um, and, and when you're in there, you're just waiting for the noise, this gong, because when you hear the gong, I mean, the waves are coming. And I'm in there, it's 10 to 12 foot deep water, and I hear the gong. And as soon as you hear that, everyone kind of starts like looking at each other, they get a little excited, and then the waves start coming. And if you've been in a wave pool before, you, you know um, that the waves, they'll start small, and they just kind of like ripple at first and you just kind of go up and down. But as time goes on, they start to grow and get bigger and they come a little faster and they're more consistent and when they are coming. And for me, a third or, third or fourth grader, um, the first few waves, I'm having a time of my life. I'm going up and down. That's it. I'm just going up and down again. It's the best thing ever. And then as they get a little bigger, they're, they're starting to hit me um, a little higher up my face. And the more they come, they get a little higher and a little higher until eventually there's this one wave that, that it comes and it goes over the top of me. And as the wave hits over the top of me, it starts to pull me under a little bit. And I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out because, you know, when you go underwater and you're not ready for it, you can't breathe and you don't really know where you are. You're disoriented. And so I'm sloshing around a little bit and I come up to the top. And the first thing you want to do is wipe your eyes and take a breath, but it's a wave pool. And so as soon as you get to the top, it's not like it's just okay water and clear water. There is another wave on the way. And so I get to the top and try to clear my eyes and catch my breath and another wave hit, hits me. And this continues and I go up again, I try to clear and I, I try to catch a breath and a wave hits me and a wave hits me and I quickly realize that I'm not in a good spot. Um, I, need, I, need, I need to get out of there. And so the good news is I've taken swim lessons in my life and so I knew the different strokes, I knew how to do the freestyle and so I wait for a wave to come and I try to swim with the wave to where I think the shoreline is and I swim and I swim and I swim and I look up and somehow I'm not any closer I'm further away and I do that again and I do that again and I probably do this for five to 10 minutes. And you get to a point, um, it's like funny to talk about now, but in the moment you get to a point where you think, uh-oh, <laughs> like I don't, I, don't, I don't know what's gonna happen right now because you're stuck in the waves and they're pulling you under and they're going over top of you and you can't breathe and you don't know where you're at and you're scared and you're getting really, really tired and you start to kind of realize that, I'm drowning. This is what drowning is. This is living, breathing, drowning. At the exact same time, you start to have this prayer because you realize when you're drowning that you're not just drowning, you're dying. And I start to pray to God, and my like, God, please, like, please don't let me die at Kentucky Kingdom, right? Disney World is fine. Holiday World's a great second, <laughs> but not Kentucky Kingdom. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had a moment or you've been near to death. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a moment where you've maybe looked it in the face so you've been closer to death than to life, what you think. Um, it becomes very clear in that moment what you desire. And I think we in this room can all agree uh, when things are completely natural and normal as they were made to be, we desire life, not death. We desire life, not death. We, we, we desire life. That's why we memorize the numbers 911 when we're young. 
Because if there is a life-threatening emergency, we need to know what to do. It's, it's why when an ambulance is coming up on you um, and, and you're a good person, hopefully, you pull over to the side because you know that ambulance is on the way to give life because we desire life over death. It's the reason we try to eat healthy. It's the reason yesterday I woke up at 6 a.m. to go to hot yoga. That's not life, that's death. <laughs> We value life over death. We desire life over death. And that's why this weekend's question is so interesting because we're asking the question in our quest with you too, but can Jesus give me life? Can Jesus give me this life that we desire, this life that we value? And it's almost a funny question, right? Because life can mean so many different things at the same time. Like if you're in this room right now, I'm assuming you're alive I hope that so, right? And so I don't think when we're talking about can Jesus give me life, we're talking about the living and breathing. But maybe for you it is. And what you're looking for when I ask the question of can Jesus give me life, you're looking for a reason to keep living and breathing. And some of you, you that, that, that concept is so far out of your mind, you can't even fathom that, but some of you, that's the thought that's been creeping into your mind for the past week or the past month or the past year, and you're just thinking, can Jesus give me that life? Maybe the life you're chasing after, you're looking for, is the fulfilling life. You want the life that um, is life to the full, if you will. You, you've done this, I've done this. We've chased after experiences and things that will give us life. It's the reason we go on these awesome vacations. It's the reason we hang out with people. It's the reason we try substances that maybe we shouldn't try. It's the reason that we go and get really good food because we want life. There was a viral video that came out a few years ago where a, a young boy said, um, I believe it was, Chipotle is my life, right? <laughs> Qdoba is better. Um, we want to be fulfilled. We want that life. Can Jesus give us that life? Can Jesus give us a life that is the fullness of life on earth? Maybe you're looking for a life of purpose and of meaning and you're just going through the, the routine, right? You wake up and do the same thing every day and it's the same week every week and you're just looking for something more. You just want something in life that has more to it and, you, and you're asking, can Jesus give me that life? Or maybe this week um, you, you've had a reckoning with your own mortality in a way and you've realized that humans um, will die and you're starting to ask the question, okay, what happens when I die? Is there something more after that? Is there everlasting life? Is there an afterlife? Is there eternal life? And maybe you're looking for a few of those. Maybe you're looking for all of those. And I bet you've experienced those questions before. This week for me, I have seen the differences of life in just seven days. I got to officiate two weddings this week. It was incredible. Um, one of the weddings was last Sunday. And I got to know the, the bride and groom pretty well. I got to talk um, to the parents to the point where it was just like, I had a relationship on some level that I, I was just so happy for them. I was so excited that when the bride presented herself and started to walk down the aisle, I was smiling so much. I was so happy for them. My eyes started twitching and I was afraid. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm like, like, I'm like ruin their pictures because I'm like experiencing the fullness of life through them. It was such a cool moment for me to see them. Even yesterday, I got to officiate my wife's aunt's wedding here at Northside. And it was just this incredible moment for the family to come together. I'm, I'm going to answer the question before you even ask. Yes, it was so hot. It was crazy hot. It was an outdoor wedding. But then two days ago, 
I attended the funeral um, of, a, of a former student of mine who passed away at 21, tragically, unexpectedly. And I'm sitting in, in that room on this campus and I'm looking at all these other former students and some current students that I have and I'm just seeing them experience the moment where they were, maybe they're asking themselves that same question. Is this all there is? Is this how it has to be? Is there something more than this? And it, the question just remains, can Jesus give us life? Any of those Lives, full life, eternal life, meaningful life, living, breathing life. Can Jesus give us that? And I think we're going to find the answer in the Bible. And so if you will go with me um, to John 11. I'm a big proponent of you reading the Bible with me. Um, I just saw people move to grab their Bibles and that gave me chills. Love that. Uh, John 11 is where we're going to be hanging out. And let me just give you a little backstory really quick of what's going on. Um, Jesus' friend has just died. Jesus had a very good friend. His name was Lazarus. Um, and and his, they had just died. And actually, the Bible is very clear that Lazarus was not just like some acquaintance or just some random person, but Lazarus was a dear friend. It says in verse 5 that Jesus loved Lazarus and his sisters, Martha and Mary. And so he has died and Jesus has just come up onto the scene where everyone is grieving and everyone's having a moment just to remember and talk about Lazarus. And, and so Jesus walks up and he talks to Lazarus' sister, Mary. And I just look what Martha says. This is interesting. It's in verse 21. If you're going to read along with me, John eleven twenty one, 21 says this, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Do you hear that subtle like, insult or complaint that Martha's throwing at Jesus? She says, I know, that I have faith in you and I know that God will give you whatever you ask. But the, before that, she says, but if you, had, if you had been here, if you would have shown up, he wouldn't have died. And you need to know this, Jesus came on the worst possible day on purpose. So he came, the Bible is very clear that he came on the fourth day that Lazarus had died. What's interesting is that Martha and Mary had sent Jesus a note. They had said, hey, Jesus, just so you know, um, your, your dear friend is sick. That's all it said. said, hey, your dear friend is sick. And they sent it to Jesus. And they're not telling him what to do, but come on, they're kind of telling him what to do. They're like, hey, just so you know, like your friend's sick, you're gonna... You're going to do something about it. And Jesus gets the note and he sees that his friend is sick. And it says in the Bible that he did nothing for two days. He stayed where he was for two days. And then he showed up purposefully, biblically noteworthy on the fourth day. Here's why that's important. Jewish tradition would tell us that for the first three days after someone would die, the spirit, the soul would hover over the body. It would just sit there. And if the, the, the soul saw fit, the spirit saw fit, it would enter back into the body. If it saw that the body was, was better, it was healing itself, it'd be like, okay, we're, we're back in. We're gonna keep doing this. We're gonna go around for the sequel, right? Like we're gonna, we're gonna come back up. But on the fourth day, all hope was gone. The soul would leave. There'd be no hope of, of, a, of a raising, there'd be no hope of a resuscitation. It, it, it would be done and this is important Jesus or Martha is, is telling Jesus hey you're too late hope is gone 
It's too late for you. If you'd been here, Jesus, then, then things would be different. And maybe you've said that before. Maybe you have asked Jesus the same way Martha and Mary asked Jesus to come and do something. And then it feels like it's too late. And you're like, man, uh, Jesus, if you had been there, if you'd have done exactly what I've asked, then everything would be okay. But you didn't. You missed it. And now there was no hope. It's too late. And let me just tell you really quickly. Maybe you're someone in this room right now who... When I was describing those lives earlier, your first thought was, not for me. It's too late. It's, it's not. It's not too late for you. Because it's not too late for Jesus. And he, he tries to make that clear. Back to Martha, in verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And then Jesus said to her, and if you're an underliner, if you're a highlighter, if you're a circler, this is it. Verse 25 and 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And this is key. Please note this, because Jesus starts and he says, hey, your brother's gonna rise again. And Martha shoots back to Jesus and she says, you're right, that's gonna happen on the last day when the, all the righteous will rise again. She's talking about end times theology. The word is eschatology, if you will. And, and she has it right. She has her theology good, but this is important. Just because her theology is correct and it's good, her, it doesn't mean her hope isn't misplaced. And in that moment, her hope for her life will come from is in the wrong spot. In the moment, it's in information, even though it's correct information and it's good theology, but her hope for life shouldn't come from information. And maybe that's you is like, you're just looking to know a little bit more. If you could just know a little bit more, learn a little bit more, then maybe the world will make sense. If you can just do a little bit more research about maybe how the world was formed. Like if I can just do a bunch of research and then I can know all the answers, then I'll finally be okay and I can have life. Maybe you're looking for um, the right religion. And you're like, if I can just know the right religion, this, this weekend is just a test weekend for you because you're looking for the right place. If you can know enough, then you're gonna have the hope of life. Your hope for life isn't in information. And then she says, she says it's, he's gonna rise again in the, in the last day, at the resurrection on the last day. And she talks about an event that's going to happen. And maybe your hope for life is in an event. And it's not even like a spiritual one. It's just like, if I win the lottery, right? Like, then I'll have life and money. I'll be great. If I can get a new relationship, then I'll finally be like life. And I'll, if, I, if the, she'll just say yes, he'll just say yes. If I can just get that new job, if that event will happen in my life, if this could happen, if that could happen. And your hope for life, it's, it's just not gonna come in an event. And Martha is standing in front of Jesus, telling Jesus where her hope for life is. And she's missing who's standing in front of her. And Jesus makes it clear, a hope for life. Life in itself was the person in front of her. It was him. Read that verse again with me in 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. 
The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. I know that's confusing. And you might just read that and be like, I'm not even sure what it's saying. Let's break it down for a second. The first thing he says, he says, I am the resurrection. And the, 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 the explanation he attaches to that is this, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And he is saying, Martha, you, you know about the event of the resurrection, but he uses this word there, anastasis. And he's not just saying, I'm the event of the resurrection, but he's saying, I am the author of the resurrection. The resurrection happens because I have happened. He's forecasting to the cross. He's forecasting this moment where he's gonna die for our sins and be put into a grave and then he's going to rise a few days later, three days later. And he says, the resurrection happens because I have happened raising of your brother will happen because I will rise. He will live because I will live. And he says, it's whoever believes in me, in Jesus will live, even though they die. And church, hear me. I think when you believe that, when you hold on, to that, when that's just not information to know, but a life to be lived, it, it'll change the way that you live. And I think that's why Jesus says the next phrase that he is the life. And he says, and the life is the fact that whoever believes or whoever lives by believing in me will never ever die. And he's not just saying that to Martha, like just to kind of like stinger and her brother's death. He's not saying like, ooh, Lazarus didn't believe enough. Now he's dead, too bad. That's not what he's saying. He's talking not just physically, but spiritually. He uses the word zoe here, which is a form of zeo. And zoe um, is this idea of life that's life and life to the full on earth, but it's also the capacity to have eternal life after we die. It's the same word for life that's in John 10, 10, when Jesus says, I have come to give them life and life to the absolute full. It's the same verse in John three sixteen, maybe one of the most famous verses on earth where it says, whoever believes in the Son will not perish, but have eternal life. That is what he is saying you get to experience. And here's the deal. We are asking this question today, can Jesus give me life? And the answer is yes, but it's not just because you know about him. It's not just because there's an event. It's because he is life. Jesus can give us life because he is life. Because he is the resurrection. He is the victory over death because death has no hold when Jesus is in the room. We have life. He is the source of all life. Never just take my word for it. Look how the story ends in verse 38. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Quick pause. Um, Jim Props, our executive pastor, told me that the KJV version of this just says, I swear, he stinketh. So just, you know, <laughs> take that for what it is. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that Jesus asked her to move the stone and even still, She's not thinking about what Jesus can do. She's still missing where life is found. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? 
So they took away the stone and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is interesting. It's hotly debated um, among theologians how he came out of the tomb. A lot of really, really, really smart people, much smarter than me, think that he legit levitated out of the cave. He floated out of the cave. I like to think he hopped like a bunny. Now, it's unclear, <laughs> but we'll see what, we'll go with what the theologians think. Here's what is clear. Jesus can give us life because he is life. And so often we think this story is just about a dead man given life. But it's so much more than that. It's not going to be on the screen, but it is in your Bible. Look at verse 45. After Lazarus walks out, do you see what it says? Therefore, many of the Jews had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, check this out, believed in him. This was no accident. He did not wait two days to come on the fourth day when there was no hope, when it was absolutely too late. He did this on purpose, knowing there would be people who were going to see this. And because of what they saw, they would believe in him. He didn't just give life to Lazarus, but then they got to have life in that moment. Martha got to have life in a different level of belief because she saw what Jesus did. Mary, who had the same conversation with Jesus, she said, if you'd have been here, it would be okay. Gets to have life. Life to the full, life with meaning because of Jesus. See, to know Jesus is to know life. It's to know the author of the resurrection. It's to know life and life to the full, everlasting life. But here's the key. And I've got to admit something to you. Um, I've, I've been hiding a piece of scripture from you. I've left off a piece of the verse that I've been using. It's verse 26. I'm gonna read it again and add that piece I've been hiding. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. You've heard this. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he asks this question. Do you believe this? And church, let me just pause and ask the same question to you. Do you believe this? Do you believe this story? Do you believe in this man? Do you believe in what we're doing here? Do you believe in the songs we just sang that Jesus is over everything, over the grave, over death, over shame, over anxiety? Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Do you believe that Jesus is life? Maybe a better question for you is simply this, will you believe? Will you believe that victory over death is, is only found in him and him alone? Will you believe that because of what Jesus did on the cross, that he died and rose again, that the event of the resurrection is something we get to live now. We get to experience it on earth and not just in a future event. Believers in the room who are thinking right now, this doesn't really apply to me. Will you believe this so much that you don't just say it and you don't just show up on a Sunday, but you will live it out and it changes and transforms the way that you live. Will you live? And will you believe 
that the best way to live life on earth and after is following Jesus. Will you believe that Jesus is life? So I'm in the pool. I'm drowning. I'm tired. I'm done. I don't want to swim anymore. And I hear the whistles. And if you've been to a, a theme park before, if you've been to a water park before, you know that when the whistles sound, um, it means the lifeguards are coming in. Someone's going to need to be saved. And I hear the whistles, and I'm like, oh my gosh, someone doesn't know how to swim. What a loser. <laughs> and I'm like, oh wait. <laughs> and I needed life in that moment. I had taken swim lessons. I knew how to swim. I knew all the different strokes. I knew... Um, how to move my body in ways that would make me propel through the water. I had watched enough Shark Week at that point, I'm sure, to know what a riptide was or an undercurrent was. I knew the dangers of going out into water where my feet couldn't touch. But all that information wasn't going to give me life in that moment. I could have known who made the wave pool and how many waves there were in a minute. It wasn't going to change me in that moment. That wasn't going to give me life. If someone would have swam up next to me, been like, Jacob, Jacob, one time I was in your situation and here's how I got out of it. That's not gonna give me life. That story wasn't gonna do it for me. Maybe it would be a cool inspiration, but that isn't what gives me life. I would have been so mad if someone would have ran up on the side and said, Jacob, Jacob, I'm here to give you life. And they would have taken a book and thrown it into the water and it says, you know, dummy's guide to swimming. That would not have helped me in that moment. I needed life. And all of a sudden, I just feel someone grab me. And they pull me, and even though the waves are still going, um, I'm, it's okay, I, I'm up above the water at this point. I'm all right, I'm getting pulled over. And all of a sudden I look, and I'm, I'm in front of the ladder, and someone kind of pushes me up the ladder. And I turn around to see who it was. It was Jesus, I'm just joking. <laughs> It was a lifeguard. And the lifeguard started asking me questions. And he says, hey, you know, what's your name? And I remember I was so, um, I guess I didn't realize in the moment how scary this was, but I was so tired and I was so um, like low on oxygen. I'd taken in water so much that I didn't even know my name. I couldn't even have a conversation with him. And my mom came to find me and she texted me last night. I wanted to make it very clear that they were looking for me the whole time. I don't think I realized in the moment, but man, I realize now, when I got out of that water, I was getting out of death. Like when I walked out of that water, death was staying in there, but life was forming at the top of that ladder because someone jumped in to give me life because someone came in. It wasn't information, it wasn't an event, it wasn't great theology, but it was someone who said, I'm here. I'm here to get you. I'm going to take you over here. And church, on a cosmological, so much greater scale, you have the opportunity. Jim said it earlier, it is baptism weekend. And it's not a wave pool. It's not Kentucky Kingdom. But we got the pool open. And you can have the opportunity to do just what I did and to walk into the water with death, but to walk out of the water with life to the full 
with meaning, with purpose, everlasting, eternal, living, breathing, both on earth and in heaven. This is your opportunity to do it. We're gonna have 31 people take the plunge this week, but we have so much room for more. And this is the moment where if you feel the Holy Spirit, and maybe you don't even know it's the Holy Spirit, but you feel that pressure on your chest and you can feel that still small voice in your mind that's telling you, it's, it's, it's asking you, this is the time, now is the time, it's not too late. I'm gonna invite you, I'm gonna be standing right there. Come talk to me. I'm not trying to convince anyone. I'm not trying to win a debate. I'm not trying to do a sales pitch. I'm just here to share the truth about who Jesus is and asking you the same question, will you believe it? Because Jesus can give you life because he is life. We've got shirts, we've got shorts, we've got towels, we've got everything. If you're ready, even if you're not, don't delay. This is your opportunity to live. I'm gonna pray. There's gonna be people on both sides of the stage. Take the chance. Lord, we love you. Lord, right now I'm gonna do something um, a little different. I'm gonna ask for the people in this room who are believers of you. Lord, who already are living that life to join me in praying for the people um, who right now have the opportunity to make that decision. God, this is not that we're just trying to get more people to join the church. God, we're just trying to show more people there's a better life to live. So Jesus, the people in this room, we ask that they take the opportunity, they are bold to move from death to life. Spirit, do a work. Move, Spirit, please. We're asking, help us all to believe and live a life that knows you are the resurrection and the life. We love you, in Jesus' name, amen. Anytime during this song, come take the plunge.